0: Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Well, good morning. <laughs> Do I say something? Do I not say something? Does he want me to answer back? <laughs> We're all friends here. We're fine, right? In fact, Joe was walking down his neighborhood because he was going to visit his parents and he he just thought he'd kind of roam through the old neighborhood again. He saw one of his neighbors sitting outside and he walked up to the gate and said, hey, how are you? Do I know you? I think you look familiar. He's like, yeah, I'm one of your friends from way back when. He's like, oh, I love those dogs. What are their names? He says, well, this here's Rolex and this here's Timex. He's like, Rolex and Timex? What kind of names are those? He says... Hello, they're watchdogs. (laughs) Yeah, that one you saw coming a mile away, so I appreciate the laugh. I really do. (laughs) Oh, it's funny. Um, When Walt called me last week, he said, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to have to have you have you preach. I thought, oh, I've been working on a message. That's great. But it was for today. And it has to do with being past Easter. And that will work on Easter. (laughs) So here we are. And and I don't know how you deal with holidays. How you kind of interpret them. How you come in contact with them and either celebrate them. Some people endure them. Some people just want to make it through them. Um, And I don't don't know how that is for you. Um, are, Are you having holiday relief Or holiday revival. You know, as Christians, you know, Easter, at least for me, I see Easter as kind of the bigger than Christmas. Yes, Christmas is the birth of our Savior, very important. But Easter, the power of resurrection, is just so intense. Um, To see what God could do with the fact that, you know, he had to take our sin on him, and that he had to die that way for us. And then have victory, and to conquer that, just to me, is is pivotal in my year. It, It is a great reset for me. It helps revive why I do what I do, revive the craziness that I encounter on a regular basis. And I'm sure you're encountering it too. But are you relieved that Easter's all over and all that goes with it? Or... Are you revived in your Christian walk after being reminded of the incredible sacrifice God made to restore our relationship with Him and provide so much for us? And now, understand, I don't say this in any kind of accusatory or condemning way. It's just, it's it's easy, and I think Kim kind of alluded to it, just the world is loud. And, you know, I was thinking about it kind of going into this. It's like, there's so much noise. There's so much noise, and not only that, you know, now we have these high-tech ear pods, you know, it's like we always have something in our head. There's always something kind of feeding us, feeding us, feeding us in some way, shape, or form. And sometimes those things are good, and sometimes those things are bad, and sometimes those things are just kind of neutral. But there's a lot of noise that we have to cut through. There's a lot of things that we have to get beyond sometimes. I mean, think about it. When was the last time you were still? See, it almost feels awkward, doesn't it? Silence? (gasps) What is that? The silence is deafening. But we need to come to those places where, where we can spend time with God, enjoy who he is, enjoy who we are, and be reminded that there's so much more to this life than just getting through the day, just getting through the week, just getting through the weekend. God has so much more for us. And that comes with setting your mind on the things of the Spirit. And that's possible because of what happened last week. You know, that was the promise we got that we're going to have another comforter, and he's going to remind us of things, and he's going to lead us in things, and he's going to show us some things that are incredible. Today, we're going to be in Romans 8, verses 12 to 17. Uh, If you're using the Bibles that are out there, that's page 1300. You're using your own, you'll have to find it. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't say these next things to demean anyone's intelligence, but it's just it's a point that I have to make. Now, up here, maybe you don't know this, I'm gonna give you a little tour of the, the platform area, but over here on this wall, we have a thermostat and it's only for heat, not air conditioning, although it says it is, it's confusing, but it's really only for heat. Then we have two more back here, one over there and one over there because there's two units for air conditioning in the summertime and for whatever reason they were never wired together so now we have three thermostats up here. And it took us a while to calibrate all of these things so that you know the heat doesn't come on when the air's on and the air doesn't come on when the heat's on and all that kind of stuff works. But the thing is, is, we have to set it to where we want it to be. And then guess what happens? Once we set it, the environment matches what it's set at. Now, I don't, Again, you guys all know how a thermostat works. You all have them at home, probably. But the same is true for us. You know, we have to realize or ask ourselves, am I a thermostat or am I a thermometer? Now, there's a thermometer part of the thermostat because it has to read the, the temperature that's going on and then it tells it either to turn off or turn on or whatever is going on. The same is true for us. See, if we're a thermometer, we just we react to what's going on, the environment, the, the culture, the things. We react, we react, we react, and we can get really hot, or we can get really cold, or we can be all over the place. And if you're you know, a New Englander, it can be you know, a 60-degree difference between a.m. and p.m. sometimes. It's just crazy. And if we are allowing the environment, if we're allowing culture, if we're allowing circumstances to dictate how we feel, it can be exhausting. And that's why we're we're challenged in Scripture to set our mind. You know, it's one of the, the first song we say, you know, my heart will choose to say, Blessed be your name. Because sometimes things that are going on, it's like, I'm not feeling blessed, Lord. (laughs) I've got to choose to say, Lord, okay, I know I'm blessed. I just don't see it. or I just don't understand it. And we've got to trust God in that. Now, this morning, I'm going to read a little bit of scripture to get us into the context of what we're going to look at. Um, It's also going to kind of bring up this whole idea of setting our minds. So if you're in at Romans 8, I'm going to start at verse 1 and kind of read down to verse 12. So you can follow along as I read. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Praise the Lord. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, catch this now, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God for does not submit to god's law indeed it cannot those who are in the flesh cannot please god you however are not in the flesh but in the spirit if in fact the spirit of god dwells in you this is where you've got to check yourself and see where you're really at anyone who does not have the spirit of christ does not belong to him but if christ is in you although the body is dead because of sin the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, coming to verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Back in verse 12 there, it says, So then, brothers, we are debtors. And this is one of those things where we can kind of confuse what God's trying to say here. Um, We are debtors because something out of our reach was made possible through Jesus Christ. And the thing is, is God, when He put these words in place and when he says, you are debtors, it's not this, I'm going to send you a bill every month. It's not this, now I've got you and you've got to... That's not what's being communicated here. And that's not what the Christian life is even remotely about. Now, it's funny, I read this and... Immediately, an old hymn came to mind. A lot of you may or may not know that. I don't know. But it's called Jesus Paid It All. I hear my Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all at all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find Thy power and thine alone can change the leper's spots. And melt the heart of stone. For nothing good have I, whereby thy grace to claim. I'll wash my garments white in the blood of Calvary's Lamb. And when before the throne I stand in him complete, Jesus died my soul to save. My lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. And this is, you know, Christians setting their mind on spiritual truth. This is what happened. This is what had to happen. And there should be a righteous living that comes as a result of understanding what Christ did for us. Understanding the sacrifice. Understanding what it took for him to provide this for us. And so as we kind of think of this, okay, I'm a debtor to him because he paid it all. We haven't. But there's some expectations in this life that are going to come as as debtors to the king, as debtors to the Lord. And again, we need to be thermostats and not thermometers here. We need to set our mind on these things of what Christ has done for us. And to me, that's that's the huge encouragement of Easter for me. It's like, wow, an all-powerful, sovereign, holy, righteous God cares about us on this incredible scale to the point where the only way to reconcile was to come down and fix it himself. The only way. See, that's the thing. There was no way for us to do it really and have it be effective and have it be a beautiful thing. Except Christ provided this way. And all of that was paid by him. And that's this idea of being a debtor. Now, we struggle. <laughs> we struggle with things, right? Uh, and they, you know, this is nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. Because God's plan oftentimes will not align with earthly logic. And so we can be challenged. And this happened way back when. In fact, Galatians kind of brings it back to us. Um, but Galatians 4.22 it says this for it is written that Abraham had two sons the one by a bondmaid the other by a free woman and so I don't know if you know the story if you don't I'll give you a quick capsule of it Right? God comes to Abraham and Sarah and says hey now that you're 99 it's time to have kids and they're like what <laughs> no way they knew how's this going to happen there's no way this can happen oh okay we've got to figure out how can this happen because that's who we are right We're go-to people. We've got to figure out, okay, God's giving me this plan. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And basically, he just wants us to rest in him and allow him to do the work. But we get involved, and that's what happened here. So they thought, okay, let's, you know, my bondmaid, take my bondmaid, she's childbearing years, she can do this, let's make it happen. But the two people, one was a bondmaid, and these terms are specific for a reason. The other, a free woman because there's some stuff attached to these people. Galatians 4:23 says this, but he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. You guys try to work this out. You guys trying to manifest what I'm trying to do. And that's not how it's done. But he of the free woman was by promise. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. So it's like, why do we always choose to to do these things that put us into bondage? See, we're debtors, but the debt that we have provides freedom. Does that even make sense? No. But God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And he wants us to trust him enough to just walk in his truth. Because his truth will provide blessing. Not ease, (laughs) but blessing. Had had Abraham and Sarah just kind of waited on the Lord and looked to him and said, okay, I'm going to trust him, I'm going to believe him, and I don't see how this is going to happen. See, when God shows up and does something, it's obvious. Clearly it was here. 99 years old and having a baby, that's got to be, I can't even imagine. It's amazing on young women's bodies. I can't imagine. We need to understand our role in living a Christian life. And and this idea of being debtors, it's just, it's really positional in understanding all that God's done. Understanding he is the only one that could do it. And and yielding our, our hearts to Surrender to him. I mean, you look at what Christ, I mean, I'm so convicted of Christ's moments in the garden when he's saying, Lord, if there's any other way, Father, any other way, but your will be done. Those are hard words because he was asking him to do something unbelievably difficult. And praise the Lord, none of us are ever going to have to do something like that. We're never going to have to do something like that because of what Christ has done for us already. But all God asks of us, we find in Matthew, Matthew seven thirteen, It says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. And there's the challenge. We've gotta be willing to embrace some hard things sometimes. The Broadway's easy. The Broadway is simple to get on. It's just, it's wide open. Sometimes people are on it accidentally, I think. (laughs) It's that easy. But we've got to be looking for the narrow way. not. And again, we think narrow, oh, it's uh, narrow. eh, eh." No. Think of it as the most pristine and the best route to travel. Because that's what God's trying to tell us. The best way to get somewhere is on my path. The thing that's going to provide the most blessing is my path. The thing that's going to provide the most protection for you is my path. The other one is just going to lead to destruction for you. The other one puts you at risk. The other one leads to death. Why travel down that road? You've got to set your mind on these spiritual things, these spiritual truths that are going to lead you on the right path, that are going to provide the things that God wants to provide for you. Our Heavenly Father provides the information we need to make the best choices. When we choose spiritual things, it yields spiritual fruit. When we choose earthly things, it yields earthly fruit. Spiritual things lead to life. Earthly things lead to death. It's literally that simple to say. (laughs) Because it's very challenging sometimes to live. But that's where we've got to set our mind. We've got to put it there and leave it there and say, okay, it feels like 80 degrees in here. (laughs) But I'm set on the right temperature. I'm set on the right things. And I will trust God to align the environment around me. So it goes on to say, Romans 8, 14 For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons or children by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We're adopted. And for some of us, we're like, okay, we're adopted. Yep. (laughs) There's some cool stuff that goes with that. Uh, In this time, adoption was very weighty and very serious. In fact, uh, my wife and I were talking about this, and she reminded me that you know at that time, if you adopted a child, you could never disown them. You could disown your own flesh and blood, which is kind of interesting, but if you adopted a child, you could never disown them. And that's the mindset they had when they were writing this. God's never going to let go of us. When we come to him and he accepts us based on what Christ has done, we are his. And the expectation is being led by the Spirit of God and being reminded that it's not a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but the spirit of adoption. We need to set our mind on spiritual leading here, being led by the Spirit, godly character. People need to see our Father in us. And they need to see the difference. They need to feel the difference and experience the difference. Now, as adopted sons and daughters, our adoption should be notable. If you're sitting here calling yourself a Christian, a follower of Christ, your adoption should be notable. Noted by the Spirit leading in your life. And sometimes that's going to challenge people around you. you know, you're going to do things or not do things for the right reasons, and people are going to go, why are you doing that? That doesn't make sense. And then we have to say Why? And that's where it gets challenging for some people. Well, God's leading me this way. God's leading you this way. God's leading you this way. What's that about? But to me, that's an open door. You have an opportunity. Well, say, oh, I've given my life to Christ. I've understood that his payment for me gives me eternal life. And with that, there's some things that God wants me to do because I am his son or I'm his daughter. And these things provide freedom in my life. And these things have blessing to me. Because guess what? When God shows up and God starts to be seen in our lives, people are attracted to that. Now, they misunderstand what it is. They think, oh, you've got to give up, give up, give up, give up. Yeah, give up death. Give up things that are awful. Give up things that are, yeah, those are horrible things to give up. But it is challenging. You know, the Christian life is not for the faint of heart. It is more challenging. It would be easier just to kind of go through your life. That would be the easiest thing to do. That's the easy way. That's the broad way. But when you come to this understanding and you, you make this decision and God comes in and changes who you are, we've got to embrace that and not fight it. The Spirit will lead us in agreement to the word of God. So if you're living opposed to that, it's not of the Lord. It's of the flesh. Knowing God's word will provide confirmation to the Spirit's leading as well. That's why it's so important, so important that we get into this book. It's going to renew our minds. It's going to refresh us. It's going to fill us to overflowing because it'll remind us because we are so easy to forget. Uh, Just countless times, you know, have you not read, have you not heard, have you not seen? It's Because it's easy. It's easy to forget. It's easy to let it go. It's easy for the noise of this world to drown out what God is trying to do. But as his adopted sons, as his adopted daughters, we have to remember, daddy's in control. Our adoption should be noted by the freedom from sin and fear that's happening in our life. Our lives should be changing. They should be becoming different. And again, I'm not talking, it needs to be leaps and bounds, but I mean, there should be an emotion, at least some kind of changing that's happening. Because if it's not, you need to ask yourself, why? What's happening here? As children of God, sin and fear should be on the decrease. We shouldn't be walking in old ways. We shouldn't be allowing things that used to control us to continue to control us. Sometimes it's just a matter of getting help. Because see, again, we try, right? We'll enlist a bondmaid. We'll try to do something. We will... And God's going, no, 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 you're my son. You're my daughter. Come to me. I want to provide everything you need to live this life. And sometimes it's a brother or sister coming alongside of us, too, for added help. Our adoption should be noted by a growing closeness with the Father. You know, God is seen as heavenly Father, our perfect Father. And some of us struggle with this. Based on, you know, your relationship with your Father or lack of relationship, we struggle with how we see God. We see him as the, the big meanie in the sky just waiting for us to mess up so he can ding us. We, we see him as the up there with a scorecard going, mm, I don't know, I don't know. And that's not who he is. He is our Heavenly Father. He has, again, <laughs> you go back to we are debtors. He paid it all for us. And now he's, he's made this promise of adoption that, hey, when you're mine, these things will happen. These things can happen. We need to have a right understanding and a right headspace on who God is and how he works. Our identity is close and familial. Abba, Father. And you know, Abba, you've all heard it, right? Abba is Daddy. It's just, it's that sweet and tight, and we need to set our mind that God is so for us. God wants us to succeed. He wants us to do good. He wants us to be the best we can be. He's designed unbelievable things in every single one of us, unique and specific. And he wants those things to flourish in your life, not be hidden, not be pushed down, but to be expressed. Our relationship should also reflect an endearing closeness, getting closer to him, understanding him more, yielding to some interesting things he may ask of us. To me, that's the cool stuff. I love when, when it's like, I finally, it took me a while, I'll, I'll be honest, but it took me a while to get to this place where it's like, you know, God will ask me to do something that's just a, kind of a little bit like really close to the edge, like in a good way, but it's like it puts me out of my comfort zone. And I used to be, like, super paranoid about that stuff because it's like, I, people will think I'm a crazy person. But guess what? God shows up. You get to experience doing something with God where it's like, I don't see how this is going to work. I know he's giving me these kind of weird words. And again, they're just normal words, but it's like, you know, oh, hey, you know, God told me to say to you. And then you've got to, like, okay, what's someone going to reply with? Oh, Really? God's talking to you? But what's happened time and time again is unbelievable responses have been, wow, how come you used that word? How come you said those things? Because God shows up, and he knows what he's doing. And we have an opportunity to do some unbelievable things with God as his son, as his daughter as we listen to him. But it can't be about us. It can't be about our comfort. It can't be about our ease. It can't be about these things. We've got to yield those things just like Christ did. Our brother. Interesting story, though, uh, as far as adoption. Some of you may or may not know this, but I was adopted. and um, In fact, I literally have my father's name. I don't know why they did this. It's kind of confusing because it's like I have the same name. I'm not a junior. I'm not a second. I'm not a first, a third, or none none of that. I have the exact same name. Yes, that's what they did. And as parents, they have that freedom. Um, But it's like you know, as that you know, I remember being younger, especially with my dad's name, and uh, it was just one of those things where I you know, in my neighborhood, identified by my parents standing, you know, oh, you're Dave and Sandy's son, and oh, you're you know, that's how I was. And it's like, that's how we need to become here. Oh, you're one of the, you know, you're a Christian. I can tell. There's such a family resemblance. That needs to be part of who we are. That needs to be part of our character. That needs to be part of how we live. Our community experience, not only with each other here, but out there, especially. We've got to be light there. I enjoyed everything my family possessed, and this is true of being a believer. I mean, we had a nice house, I get to experience that. We had summer places, I get to experience that. I mean, there were some cool things that I get to experience. Then I got to experience a whole bunch of nightmare stuff when my parents had problems later on in life. We got to experience it all. Because I was part of that family. Adoption represents the new relations into which the believer is introduced by justification and the privilege connected with it, an interest in God's love, a spiritual nature, the possession of a spirit becoming children of God, present protection, consolation, supply, fatherly chastisement, which is challenging, and a future glorious inheritance. God knows what he's doing. I had to, you know, live by my parents' wishes. That's just how it goes, right? Until you get to move out, and you're like, I'm on my own, bye. And that's kind of what we do with God sometimes. Thanks for salvation, but I got it now. (laughs) I know how to do this life. I know what I want. (laughs) And sometimes what we want is attached to destruction, I came to terms a long time ago and it's like I really wrestled with it but it's like left to my own devices I'm always going to choose destruction. Always. It's so warped and crazy and I've said it multiple times before and I, you know, I'll say it again I know if Christ was not in my life I wouldn't be here today I wouldn't be here now. I just wouldn't. Because I used to do stupid things. I adapted a common adoption statement for us to kind of just hear and kind of absorb as believers. But as adopted sons and daughters, I was chosen by God. I was wanted by God. I was cherished by God. I grew in God's sight. I was placed in God's family. I was loved by God I was adopted by God. Our adoption into God's family should be yielding godly character, godly behavior, and a godly resemblance to our Heavenly Father. It should be part of who we are. It needs to be part of who I are. And again, I don't say this to kind of put burden on you and weight on you. I put this on you to provide freedom. Living in Christ and living by the Spirit brings freedom. And not only that, it brings a light to this world that is so desperately in need of light. I mean, it's getting darker and darker and darker everywhere. And it's just, it's funny. I mean, I talked to multiple people, and it's like there are things happening today that I just, I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. I just didn't. But here we are. But God is still in control. As much as it seems like things are mayhem, God is in control. God knows what's going on. And this is not a surprise to him whatsoever. All right, going on to verse 16, Romans 8, verse 16. It says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also Be glorified with him. Don't we all just love that last part? Isn't it our favorite? (laughs) No, it's not. Provided we suffer with him. Well, Who put that in there? We need that. To check ourselves sometimes. Because we can become proud. We can become arrogant. We can become all kinds of things. I think God uses this sometimes to say, hey, are you willing to do this? Are you open to listening to that? Would you really? Because it is good for us. You know, I think of so often, because it was so impactful. Um, I went on a mission trip with my daughter to Panama. And the living conditions for some people there are just unbelievable. And the one that affected me probably the most, I just I couldn't fathom it. All right, get this. There was a condemned dump. How do you condemn a dump? I don't even know how that works. But they weren't, it wasn't even good enough to be a dump. And these people had kind of like tamped down all of the ground as best they could to kind of flatten it out and make living spaces. And they had these kind of lean-to-ish kind of dwelling places. Some of them were sleeping on mattresses that were devoid of any kind of anything. All there was was the springs. Because, you know, their home, homes were only three-sided and one side was open. And Kids were running around barefoot, and it was like, once upon a time, everything was glass, and when it went to the dump, it became crushed glass, and that's what you saw on the ground, just embedded shards of glass into the ground, and kids used to run around barefoot in their neighborhood. This was their neighborhood, this condemned dump. I was humbled. (laughs) My daughter was like, I never have a reason to complain ever again. Cause she was so touched. Because the wild part is these kids were happy, these kids were joyful, they were part of a couple, you know, the, the church that we were working with, and they had the Lord, and that was enough. That was enough for them. And you know, the wild part, you know, they were clean, they were healthy, they were fine and all the other stuff it just it didn't matter to them we, you know we're upset if we lose signal on our phone <laughs> how dare it <laughs> boy sorry about that rabbit trail Christians need to set their mind on a spiritual heritage it's more than just today it's more than just now there's an eternal assurance that's part of this, and also a passing on of this treasure that needs to be part of our life. When we think heirs, I don't know about you, you know, we think heirs, we think, okay, those are people who are going to receive something at some point, right? Someone's going to die, and someone's going to get something. Well, Christ died, and boy, did we get something. We are recipients of assurance. And I don't know if you're here today just really waffling on, am I really a follower of Christ or not? Did I really trust? Did I really? I don't, I don't know where you're at in your journey with God. But I would challenge you to settle it and to have assurance with it. This should be a resolved banner for you, or you will struggle with so many other things. Because when you get this nailed down, guess what? Other things become so much easier. Because I'm God's. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. I'm his. And he has a plan for me. We are recipients of a kinship with God. We are identified as his child. And we represent him to those around us. And we have to remember that. I don't know how many people who are you know, have, f- f- and again, I'm not, you know, I speed, so I'm not kidding, but I don't know how many people with the fish on the back of their car, you know, drive crazy. <laughs> They're representing somebody. We are recipients of a kinship with Christ. We are a fellow heir. And as with all contracts, there's a provision. There's stuff that's going to come with that. We are going to suffer with him. We are going to understand his sacrifice. We are going to understand his yielding. And we need to. We are recipients of suffering and glorification. And the cool part is, it's not forever. God gives us even hope in that. It's like, yeah, you're going to suffer, but it's just for now, it's not forever. You know, Christ challenged us. He said, they hated me. They're going to hate you also. Just be prepared. But, and here's where you can set your mind, there's going to be glorification later. I mean, think about it. We all like, you know, affirmation, right? There's going to be a time when we have the potential of hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. And again, not that that needs to be our motivation, and for some of us it can be. But everything that's going on here is not for naught. There's purpose, as crazy as it is. There's purpose in it all. Christ is the heir of all things. Believers are heirs of the promise, of righteousness, of the kingdom, of the world, of God. And we are joint heirs with Christ. We've got to remember that. And the world wants us to forget. That's why it's so loud and just like, give it all up, just curse God and die. Just, oh, why does it matter? But when we can live out the truth, it can change the world. We've seen it. We've read it. Again, I'm very musical connected, so it's like, as I was going through this, you know, there was an old, there's actually, the song's a whole lot longer, but the chorus was a whole lot more well-known, and it's like, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood, joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod. I'm part of the family, the family of God. I hope that's where you're at today. I hope you're part of his family. I hope you understand what he's done for you. The fact that you are a debtor, that he paid it all. The fact that you are adopted when you trust him and come into his family and that you are heirs. It's like you are receiving stuff even now because of Christ's death. Quick challenge, what motivates you to live the Christian life? I was going to try to build some kind of a ladder thing back there, sorry, I didn't do that. You're going to have to build one of your own. (laughs) But there's seven rungs that I want you to just kind of see where you are at on this ladder. Um, They have to be in some order. So I have the very top and the very bottom. Everything in the middle can be anywhere. But the bottom rung of the ladder, the motivation ladder, what motivates us in the Christian life, oftentimes is consequences. And, you know, Galatians challenged us. You reap what you sow. So, I mean, it's not an awful thing. But it's probably not the best motivation to live the Christian life. The next wrong, because of our new nature. We understand, hey, this isn't who I am anymore. I've got to put these things away, and I've got to walk the Christian life. The next wrong is, you know, because we owe God, but not not because of the understanding I was talking about as debt, but because it's like, I have this duty. He's, he's making me live this way. I've got to do these things. I belong to him. Next rung is because sin is bad. You've got a renewed mind and you understand, boy, sin is just evil and it's going to be hurtful and harmful and I just have to put those things aside. Or the next rung, the, because righteousness is good. So it's like, oh, this is the truth and I'm going to pattern my life after this and I'm going to go after these things and I'm going to live this way. Not horrible. Or you may have a calling, right? I'm going to live with honor. I'm going to live with godliness. I'm going to put aside all these earthly things. Obviously commendable. But in my opinion, the highest motivation is because of love. If this is your motivation, you probably don't have to worry about any of the other ones because, in my opinion... This is the best motivation. You understand his love and love him and live for him in return. I see why marriage is a picture because it's like there are so many things I do in my relationship with my wife because I love her. There's stuff I would not do for any of you people (laughs) that I do for this woman, trust me. (laughs) But it's not burdensome. It's not begrudging. It's because I love her. And when we can come into that relationship with God and understand his love for us at such a level where we can then begin to think about loving him back in a right way, and that becomes our motivation, it's a different Christian life in my opinion. We have to be reminded, Luke reminds us, Luke twelve forty eight b everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand more. And I just, I am constantly humbled because I feel I have been immeasurably blessed in my life And it's just by living a godly life. I almost feel like it's like I don't deserve it because I'm just living the truth, allowing it to direct me, allowing the Spirit to move in my life. And God's provided so much. We need to set our minds on the fact that our debt is a debt of love and not of duty. God loved us so much that he died for us So we can love him in return. We need to set our minds on adoption and our new identity in Christ. God calls us his children, and that comes with a positive and negative aspect to it. There's gonna be challenges. We need to set our minds on the Spirit's working. God's Spirit bears with our spirit, God provides insight that this temporary suffering is not in vain. And if there's something I've learned, God does not waste hurt in our life. It will yield blessing here and in eternity. We choose to set our minds on these things. We choose. Because God does not force us. God does not demand The Spirit does not cajole or compel us to live this way. We must choose. Set that thermostat of your life. If we're not choosing to live this way, we are most likely responding, rising and falling based on the circumstances around us, like a thermometer that is at the will of the atmosphere around it. Let me remind you today You have a choice to how you're going to live your life. And it's provided by God. And he provides everything that's going to give us the best options to live this life while we're here. All we have to do is choose. Pray with me. Father, as we come before you this morning, we are humbled. Your love for us is... I think, in my opinion, unfathomable. Lord, we can't even get our head around it all. It's so beyond us. But Lord, even trying to understand your love for us, it's humbling. And it's a blessing. And it's enlightening. And it's fulfilling. And it's joyful. And it's a beautiful thing. I pray, Lord, that as we consider these words today, as we consider what Romans has to say, that we would understand our role as your sons, as your daughters, that we would be open to making adjustments in our life that are going to draw us closer to you, that are going to endear us to you even more. And Lord, that we would be a bright light in this world that is growing more and more dark. We love you, we praise you, we honor you now, and it's in Christ's name we pray for these things. Amen.